Thank you. Amen. Amen. Thank you very much. And uh, it's, I really appreciate being able to bring the message, as he mentioned, to you on the last Saturday, last Sunday of uh, the year. Uh, this is a very special weekend for us because, I don't want to sound too old, but uh, this weekend, right now, this day, completes 43 years since we came to pastor our church here. And uh, next Sunday, 2020, and uh, first Sunday of each year marks the anniversary of when we came out and began the church here. So uh, we praise God for being with us. We came together. My wife, Jerry, of course, who has gone on to be with the Lord. And uh, Pastor Darrell was only six years old when we came. And uh, Jody was two years old. She's here someplace. And, uh, but uh, as I said, the first Sunday of each year is, marks the anniversary of our beginning. So this is a special weekend for me personally, uh, concluding 43 years of ministry here at Christian Life. I felt at uh, this special time of the year that I'd like to begin the message today with a little bit of background about our church, how we began and uh, how the Lord has led us to be here to this day. A lot of people are new, don't know where we came from, what this was. So I made some notes of the past and uh, how God uh, began to uh, work with us. And I want to share that with you today. Our coming, my coming to pastor here was really a result of fasting and prayer. I'd been on the staff of Philadelphia Church in Chicago. Um, and teaching the Bible College for probably 20 years. And uh, just an explanation, people give me up. why is it called Philadelphia Church? Is that something with Philadelphia, Pennsylvania? Uh, no, not really. Uh, Philadelphia Church here was started by immigrants from Sweden who came in the 1930s and uh, named the church Philadelphia because Philadelphia Church was the name of spirit-filled churches in Sweden, where they'd all come from. And... Uh, they get that off to the book of Revelation, the church uh, at Philadelphia. And that's the name of all those churches. So Swedish immigrants named their church uh, that. And also I want to say the Bible College, which is with us here at Christian Life, was actually started in Philadelphia Church in about 1950. And uh, I came to teach there in 1954. So we've been a part of the college for <laughs> most of our ministry life. And... Uh, that's how we got started, but um, I want to talk about how we came out for our church to pastor here. First of all, there was a pastor who uh, came back to pastor Philadelphia Church, and he had begun his ministry in the northwest suburbs, and he had a great burden for this particular area for church where he started in the ministry, and so uh, set aside a time of fasting and prayer at a campgrounds up in Lake Geneva, Wisconsin, and the entire board of Philadelphia Church, all the ministers and pastors from that church came to pray and just wait on God uh, for wisdom and direction for church in this area. And uh, so on Friday, we met up there. And uh, as I said, we were there for a time of fasting and prayer. I can still vividly remember the horrible headache I had uh, fasting without coffee because I was so addicted to coffee and caffeine at that time in my life. Thank God I've been delivered since then. But uh, anyhow, uh, before we closed that night, 
as we met, met there, one of the respected elders said, as we talked about what does God want done in these northwest suburbs, um, he said, I feel like one of our pastors from Philadelphia Church should be the person to come out and to these suburbs for this church. So we all retired for the night, came back the next morning as we continued to fast and pray that day. And as we begin, continuing for the night before, it was said, I believe that Daryl Merrill should be the one to come out here and pastor this church in the northwest suburbs. And my response to that was, I don't want to come out from the city and pastor in the suburbs. I just don't want to do that. And you might say, well, why would you say that? Why did you say that? And the main reason was we were really established uh, in the ministry in the city. Uh, we were in the ministry there, involved, as I said, with Philadelphia Church. We had moved just two blocks away. Uh, I took care of almost everything connected to the building. I even made the coffee for everybody on Sunday morning before they came. I don't know if it's good or not, but I did make it. Um, besides taking care of the facilities, uh, I had a teaching ministry, taught every Sunday morning, as well as started a Bible uh, school classes on Wednesday night, and it was just packed the place out on Wednesday night. Then they decided that it would be good if I was a youth pastor. See, I was young back then, so they did that. After that, I became the music director, a choir director. I started an orchestra to go with the singing. I led worship for every service like Leanne does here, Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night. Uh, then I actually became the assistant pastor, associate pastor, and uh, we were very busy and involved, and that's why they had me uh, come with them when they came out there. And uh, that's why when they said, why will you not come out to a new church? And I just said to myself, I'm already totally involved in ministry, and I really like what I'm doing. Why, why move? And, uh, but they said, would you please pray about it? So he said, yeah, we agreed to pray about it. And uh, my wife and I, Jerry, we really seriously prayed about it for about three weeks if we should come out to the north suburbs. We didn't want to do something in a hurry. I felt I had to know that this was God's leading for us. So we prayed, talked with my brother about it, to other pastors, people for wisdom. And I told the Lord, I don't want to leave this flourishing ministry uh, where we are and go out and begin all over again new with just a few people in a little building on a residential side street. We're active in the ministry now. And uh, the Lord distinctly impressed me. I didn't feel, hear him say audibly, audibly, but I felt him say to me, you don't want to go to a small place. You know what God said? It doesn't have to remain small. And faith sprung up into my heart when I felt that way. And with that, I knew that that's what we were supposed to do and see what God would do in this place. Here's a picture of the little white church uh, that we had in this plains. As I said, on a side street, uh, people have asked me, well, where was that located? It was two blocks south of Oakton Avenue and a little bit west of River Road. It's still the building there today, and the Church of Christ meets there today, so it's still, uh, it's still there. But uh, we really have... Uh, move forward after this time. So we started. We came, drove out from the city, began services on the first Sunday of the new year in January 17, or excuse me, 1976, not 1796. <laughs> I'm old, but not that old. 1976, that's what my notes say anyhow, right. I was very 
uh, pleasantly surprised that we had a pretty good turnout that first Sunday. I didn't know if anybody would come. But at that prayer meeting when we were in Wisconsin, uh, the brethren on the board felt, and they asked, if the people that are living in the northwest suburbs would now begin to come with Pastor Merrill to this church, that can be more of a family church, and we in the city then could dedicate ourselves to really reaching the city. That was the uh, idea. So some of the people came with me with their blessing. And secondly, there were people who experienced a meeting with the Holy Spirit uh, in the charismatic renewal movement of the 70s, and some of them came. And people from prayer groups who had left formal churches because they wanted a, a reality of the Holy Spirit, and they'd been meeting in homes and in restaurants and in basements. Uh, but there was really a need, I believe, at that time for a leader uh, who was going to really take uh, and, and help this continue to go. And they'd heard that there was a, a little church where they also sang worship courses. That was new to them, that that happens in church. And not only that, but there was a regular pastor who preached sermons from the Word of God. And I'll add correctly preach them, hallelujah. Uh, not in error. <laughs> and uh, there was a church available who worshipped and believed in the gifts of the Holy Spirit. And uh, so the Word began to spread and people, uh, people came. Interesting, when we started... Uh, we really didn't have anybody. We didn't know who was there, nobody except my wife and I. So uh, I was used to leading singing, so I led courses, just us. And she played the piano. My wife, Jerry, uh, played the piano. And we sang courses. That first Sunday, especially, I remember, we didn't sing hymns like we had been doing in the, in the old church, but we really just began to enter into the things of God. And uh, Daryl and Jody sat on the front row, right in front of mom, who was playing the piano so she could watch them and she could give them that special look if needed while she was playing the piano and, and they were really good. Here's a picture of Daryl. That's Pastor Daryl at six years old. There he is. Notice how he dressed up so nice back then. <laughs> and that's my beautiful daughter, Jody, who's someplace here, I think, today. Yeah, her family's back there. Uh, we won't have Jody stand. But anyhow, uh, I just wanted you to see that that's what they looked like at that time. Uh, we do that on Sunday morning. I just lead worship courses. We have praise and worship. Take up an offering. And then my wife, Jerry, would take all the children down to the basement. And they had a children's church. And um, I was upstairs to deliver the message. And uh, do you want to know what would happen the very first Sunday. Let me tell you what happened this Sunday. I sang a lot of courses, and Jerry just followed me and played on the piano. Uh, I was almost afraid to stop singing courses, but I'd gone so long, I thought we'd better get on with the service. And I was thinking, what do I do now? New church with its people. See what I did? I shut my eyes so I couldn't see them, and I lift both hands to heaven, and I begin to sing praises. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Bless us today. And you know, people joined in with me. It was exciting. And I was surprised that other people would be singing praise and worship. But that was the beginning of a great new start. People kept coming more every week as the word was spread. And before long, we actually counted. It was 150 people in that building that seated about 75. He said, how'd you do that? We put chairs around the altar up in front. We had chairs up the aisle. 
in the back. Out the lobby was full of people. Some people even standing on the steps outside so they could see and, and hear what was being done. It was really a spirit of revival, coming alive, excitement. And uh, people were parking for about three blocks away to get in. It was really exciting. Uh, I think Gary, who was here this morning, was there around that time, too. He's in one of those prayer groups, been together a long time. But it's really going well. But I knew we had to do something with that many people there. Summer came, and uh, it was really hot. In that no air conditioning, a lot of people. And uh, before I go on, let me mention the Bible college in relationship. As you know, I had a burden for the Bible college, um, which was still down in our property, which was south of Rigdy Field in the Cubs area. And, but the buildings were old, needing repaired. So I began to say, Lord, <laughs> my prayer was, could you find us a school for our church? And then the Bible school, Bible college come, come out and move with us if you could just find an empty school building. What a plan, huh? Good. Where are we today? I think God gave us that. And summer was coming, and it was hot in that little church. It wasn't because of my hot preaching. It was just <laughs> hot temperature. <laughs> so I made a list of 15 school districts in the northwest area, and I called each one, asked them, do you have an empty school that we could rent? And the answer was no, no, no. 15 School district, no, we don't have an empty one. So we went on through the summer and the winter, no problem except crowded and hot. But as the second year, second spring came around, 1977, I knew we just could not keep going that way. So I dug out my old list of 15 school districts, started calling them again. No, no, no. And I reached the last one, number 15, and the business manager said, yes. We have a school closing this summer. Do you want to see it? <laughs> and I said, yes. <laughs> and uh, can we see it this afternoon? So he said, yes. I think we're really clicking off. So I went to, I was at the college in the city, and I went to the office at that time to see who was there. They would maybe, you know, the only person that was in the office at, at that time was Brother Paulson, who is Leanne's father and uh, grandfather of some people here today. And uh, so I said to Brother Paulson, I said, uh, do you want to go with me and look at a possibility for the college and our church? And he said, let's go. So we drove out together, and uh, I'll tell you, they toured the building. It was exactly what we needed for the church and the college. The man said, it'll be available in July if you want to take it. So we just had a confirmation in our spirit that this is what we should do after the little church, that this is what we should be doing and where we should be. Next is a picture of that property on Lonquist Avenue in Mount Prospect. Beautiful building. That was our next location. Uh, we only had three locations our whole time here, but that was the second one. And, uh, and uh, it was just perfect uh, for the church, everything. But the rent on that big building, about the size of this building, the rent was uh, more than our offerings were and more than the church budget was in, in our little church. But we knew in our spirit this was God's provision. This was the answer to the prayers I've been praying. So we took the challenge. Well, how are we going to do that? You know, God provided. There was uh, a computer company already in the building that were renting space in the lower ground floor uh, down the end of the hall, and their rent 
made up the difference of what we had so that we could pay the rent and move in. God provided. So he moved into that location, church and Bible college, on July 15th, 1977. We had four good years of growth and expansion and blessing. I, I really felt led, as uh, Pastor Darrell asked me to preach today, that before I went into the Word, I just wanted to bring you up to date on how we got here, what God did. God was moving by His Spirit, and, and we were there four years from 1977 to 1981, continued to grow, and the location really fit our church and the Bible classes as well. After four years of being there, 1981, the school board decided to sell two of their schools. Uh, location where we were on Longquist Boulevard down by uh, Golf Road, Mount Prospect, sell that building, and also sell Gregory location, Gregory's, which is where we are now. And uh, it was a challenge and a step of faith to go from renting to buying. And uh, if you remember, the interest rates in 1981 was 21%. I couldn't find interest. I couldn't find a loan. I worked and worked and worked. God worked some miracles. Uh, but we were able to move in miraculously in 1981. We haven't said much about the cost, and we haven't talked about money uh, in that way recently. But just let me hit the highlights of the financial things that took place. Two schools, Mount Prospect, being offered by closed bid with a minimum price of what they would consider. Now, Longquist Avenue, where we were at that time, that had five acres in a residential neighborhood, and their price was 750000 for that school, 750000 This property on Gregory Street had 15 acres right on Rand Road, and the minimum price for this building was $1,300,000. Took a little faith to come. But uh, here's a picture of Gregory School as we moved to this location, and that's the school part, and we met there, what I'll talk about in a minute. Uh, we presented to the congregation, because God had blessed us. Uh, the place was, the gymnasium was packed out as we uh, moved at that time. And uh, to a person, I didn't hear one negative comment about it, to a person, they said, take the more expensive property and move to, Sheridan, move to uh, Rand, uh, Rand Road location where we've been ever since. And you might say, well, why did they, why would they say move to a more expensive property and have to believe God and, and take that step? Well, number one, it was on Rand Road, Main Street, Route 12. People could find it. They couldn't find the other church hardly. And uh, really, I'll just be honest with you, at the time, we didn't feel very welcome anymore in that location where we were. It was a residential area Beautiful homes right close to the country club, the golf course at Mount Prospect. And we had students coming every day out of Chicago in the van, uh, coming out there. And students were all over. There's no parking there. So cars were parking every place. And people were kind of upset with us. Didn't want us to be there any longer. I actually had uh, one group come to my office in the church and said, you are ruining our property values. You're tearing us down by bringing all these students in and all of that. Somebody else said, we would rather this place would be torn down than have a church here. You know what? Today it's torn down. There's nothing there. Just a few little things. God uh, just directed us 
make that move. And we felt that we should uh, have a church-facing Rand Road and to then instead of staying there. So we moved here. And I want you to know, a little side note here, how did we move everything from one school to another school? How did we move it? After everybody said, let's move. You know how we moved everything? Tables, chairs, all the books, the library, uh, the pews, everything for the church and college. We moved everything in one Wednesday night. The whole church came out to help. It was exciting. Um, is Ryan Hyder here this morning, or is he busy? He's always here. Ryan and his family always sit right over there. And uh, his father, Ryan's father, is Norm Hyder, and he worked for a garbage disposal company. And that company had trucks that could slide off huge containers and uh, get filled up and bring them in. So he took two of them and steam cleaned them all so they were clean uh, from the garbage. And we had people in the church at Longquist Avenue School loaded up a load. He put it on the truck, drive it over here. We had another group of people here, took it off. He would take the, the, the next truck back uh, while they had already packed the second one. He would bring it while they packed the third one, and they went back and forth. He would drive with a full load, go back, bring another full load, Group there would load it. Group here would unload it. Uh, it was really exciting for everybody, and we did it all, the whole thing, in one Wednesday night. I thought that was a record. <laughs> so we moved to this location, and we've been here ever since. Uh, we worshiped in a gymnasium here for 12, 13 years while we paid off the purchase pride price. Uh, we had, as you know, we had bid a million three, and the Bible College had sold their building, and they had about 200 250000 left that they turned in us so there would be a place for the Bible college to meet uh, from then on. And uh, we had a little over a million dollars. But you know, everybody was excited and everybody began sharing. And within that 10, 11 years we were there, we paid off that whole million dollars. God really helped us and blessed us. So the church was all paid for. And uh, we really praised God. Then we begin to say, why don't we sell the top half, 7850 acres. We aren't going to use the north part, probably. Let's sell that. And it's a long story. When people heard we were selling land on Run Road, uh, I, I would have contractors. I met in a restaurant and said, we'll pay you right now a check for that. And somebody wanted housing, other one apartment buildings. People wanted to store units on that. We just didn't feel good about it. And then this, the park district in Mount Prospect heard that we were thinking about selling it, and all of a sudden they wanted it for Little League, which they did. They bought it, and so the land remained open from then on. And uh, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to tell what they paid for it. <laughs> don't quote me out. Maybe it's not supposed to be out. They paid what we paid for the whole thing. They paid $1,300,000 for the north half. And we kept seven and a half acres and the building. Paid for, it was all paid for, as they paid for that again. And uh, so that million, 300,000, is what went to build the sanctuary. And as you see, that's what we put on with that, that million dollars we had. Uh, and so that was paid for. The entire property, the church, sanctuary, was all paid for at that time. 
And uh, I hope you're interested in all this this morning. But as I begin to tell the story, I just had to tell it all. I thought it would be good to share. We've got people that have been coming that really don't know where we came from, uh, how we got here. And that's the, it'll be on the uh, website, won't it, that people can still pick up if they want to. And Pastor Darrell uh, also thought it would be good if I would share that and let you know how these things had come about. So I just want to say, to God be all the glory and praise. He had brought us this far, and we give God praise. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I think he saw the desires of our heart to have a spirit-filled church, and he just kept adding and adding, and let's keep growing from here on and be blessed. Hallelujah. Having shared that anniversary on anniversary Sunday, um, how we got here, how God provided, let's take a look into God's Word for a uh, uh, meditation right now, uh, today, um, I felt led to bring this to you following that story about how we came. Uh, I remember it so well, that very first Sunday morning, next Sunday it will be 44 years, 1976, I got the right date, 1976, I preached this to the new congregation from the text in Philippians 3 verse 12. And I read it from the Amplified Version. Remember it well. And I want to bring this, I just felt I should bring this to you today, even as it was so relevant to the congregation as we started out that very first Sunday when we met. And uh, I believe 44 years later, it is still relevant to us today as we begin a new year. I'm going to read Philippians uh, 3.12. It'll be on the screen. Reading from the Amplified Version, which I read Uh, that first Sunday morning. And uh, the Apostle Paul writes, not that I have obtained uh, the spiritual ideal or that I'm already perfect. How many of you know none of us are perfect, really? (laughs) If Paul can't say, I'm not perfect, we are. But he said, I'm attaining this. That's what I want. And Paul says, but I press, Amplified Version says, I press to lay hold of, to grasp, (laughs) to make it my own, that for which Jesus Christ laid hold of me for. He laid hold of me for a purpose. Now, I'm going to turn, I'm going to find out and lay hold of that. King James just says, I, will, I want to attain that. But I like the Amplified where it says, what does it say? I want to lay hold of what God laid hold of me for. He laid hold of me for something. I want to lay hold of that. I want to grasp it. I want to make it my own, what Jesus laid hold of me for. In other words, Christ laid hold of us at the time of our salvation. He felt the hand of God, felt the call of God, and I believe he laid hands collectively upon this church as a body of believers. I know the Lord laid hands upon this purpose of what we were having. What was that purpose? What is our purpose as we're saved? God has a purpose and a reason for saving every one of us. He has purpose for our lives. I believe he has a purpose for our church. But it is now for me to press in, for you to press in, that we might grasp this thing, hang on to it, to make it our own, what he came and laid hold of me for. Do you get that? If Jesus laid hold of every one of us for a purpose in life, then it's my duty... I believe it's my responsibility to lay hold of that purpose, 
to grasp it. I like that word grasp. It's a strong word. Grasp what he laid hold of me for. That should be our primary, our primary thing in life to see, to find out what did God have in mind when he touched us in the very beginning, when he called each one of us, even going back to the time you were saved. It's for us. I want to share it with you this morning. I hope people that are listening that, that couldn't be here today, that we could go back. Let's go back to that calling and now grasp and make it our own to become a part of our life. As I said, I use this the first Sunday morning, 1976, in relationship to us as a church. And I came to this church for a reason when I came, younger than I am now. And the Lord, I believe, brought you here for a reason. I, I hope we'll look back and see how the Lord directed our path, how we find each other. Let's, as a church, press in Find out what that purpose was so that we might continue to move on and then make that purpose our own to grasp what Christ meant when he called us as a body, as a church, when he called us as a Christian, that we might fulfill the purpose that he had for us on earth. I don't think God just wants us to mark time. He doesn't want just to live life and keep going on. The next few verses in this chapter, tells us that we should be forgetting those things that are behind. I think I want to write, I want to add to that, that happened in 2019. Just forget about that, what happened in 2019, and reach forward to the things that are going to happen in 2020. Let's take that step and press, mark the mark forward to the mark for the prize of the high calling of God in Jesus Christ. It says in verse 13 and 14. If we could just grasp that. Grasp what Christ meant for us to be as a Christian, for us to do as his follower. When he called us as a Christian to follow him, called us as a church, a body of believers, that we might grasp what he called us for. As we begin a new year, I'm just asking this morning, can we, with renewed intensity, strive? Let's work at finding God's will and plan for us personally, even for our family, collectively as a church body to fulfill God's will for us. Amen? I believe that with my whole heart. So, I want to tell how we got here 44 years ago next Sunday. This congregation began a journey to discover and pursue the purpose and the reason for our calling as believers in Jesus Christ. It's still just as relevant and important that we live out God's purpose for us. Shared all that. It's been a great run <laughs> these last 43 years. I've enjoyed being a part of this body. And I would urge you, even personally, between now and even, say, next Sunday, the first of the year, Let's pray and truly seek the Lord as to our purposes, Christians, and following him. Amen. Pastor Darrell.